tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Daniel, we have made it to the 52nd episode. You know, that is uh, a big number in the DCU. Uh, as you could see, if yep. you watch a lot of the CW shows, there's always Channel 52 or, you know, they do other things. But, you know, DC has their 52, their new 52, stuff like that. But that, that all stems from the fact that there's 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. So even though we've gone past doing this show for a year, we've actually... It's just crazy that it started off as a small idea and we actually, you know, jumped in and went ahead and did it. Now we're, you know, full years worth of episodes. That's right. I believe. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess if you wanted to say next week would be our season two. <laughs> I'm okay with starting off saying that it will be our season two. All right. Fair enough. I don't know if we'll do that, but uh, uh, that's uh, definitely uh, one way of looking at it. But we just had yeah. Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It was really good. Um, I, I just want to brag a little bit. Um, Terry Crews po- uh, did a BuzzFeed video. He shared his uh, family recipe for mac and cheese. Um, you know, I did that for my family, and I posted the picture up on Instagram and Facebook, and Terry Crews ended up liking the picture. That was awesome. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I can't believe that. So uh, I hope it came out tasty. Oh, it was. And, you know, it was just great to relax with my family, something I don't get to do very often. That That's true. I imagine it would be difficult living in a different city. But, uh, you know, you're you're off at uh, school and stuff. So you're, you're, you're doing jobs yeah. and, and making money and stuff. So that's good. How was yours? Uh, mine was great. I got a lot of family came in from out of town. So... They, uh, you know, spent a lot of, had a lot of family spend a lot of time at my place. We had a, we had the big dinner and, uh, you know, got to, I got to hang out with a lot of friends that came back into town for Thanksgiving that, uh, you know, normally happens like yourself. That a good thing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Thanksgiving was great. Um, and because of Thanksgiving, we didn't have too many shows so we don't have a arrow this week to talk about we don't have legends of tomorrow to talk about we don't have a uh agents of shield which i believe comes back this week and finally uh, <laughs> uh so that leaves us with just supergirl gotham flash and the walking dead you okay there yeah did you not hear me um, I just heard you say Supergirl. That's about it. <laughs> oh no! I said Supergirl, Gotham, The Flash, and The Walking Dead. Very yeah. That's all we have. Okay, so not a big week uh, like we're usually used to, but uh, still some good content. So let's uh, let's talk about some news before we get into the TV shows. What do you have for us? 
Um, so the news article that I found um, was over the holiday weekend, just basically um, that Star Wars Rogue One, um, they're not going to do the beginning intro rolling, uh, rolling not credits, but rolling uh, prologue. Right, yeah, so that it usually gets you... Uh, into the idea of what what's going to be happening in this show or in this movie or at least you know what has happened up to this point. Uh, I yeah I read this too. I thought it was interesting. They they I guess it's kind of their way of showing that they're not part. I mean they are part of the Star Wars universe, but they're not one of the main story. Uh, which I think is interesting because there's already the big fear that this uh, this movie is going to confuse a lot of casual moviegoers because they're not going to understand where how come ray or finn or poe or you know old uh leia are not in this movie um this movie takes place before episode four and after episode three as opposed to after episode seven so uh it would be i think it would be more important for them to have the 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 beginning crawl on this one just for the casual movie goer to be like oh okay what do you think yeah um, I I agree and um, you know they might I mean I I would also say that this might be you know canon since it's a uh, you know bef- in between episode three and four um, just what the Rebel Alliance went went through before you know Luke and Leia and Han you know joined the the rebellion. Right, yeah. I mean, of course, this is going to be canon. It's just uh, obviously in a uh, different part of the the storyline that doesn't follow the the Skywalkers, basically. Yeah, and I mean, um, like I mentioned to you before, it's just uh, kind of out of place as well because the animated uh, Clone Wars movie that got released in theaters had, you know, the the crawl. Um, so that's just a little bit odd that they're not doing it. But that did that Clone Wars movie still involve uh, Anakin? Yeah, involved Anakin and Obi Wan. Well, I think that's where it is. I think it still had a Sky. Well, I guess this one is supposed to have Vader in it, right? So, I don't know. I mean, I guess technically you can argue that Anakin dies and Vader is someone else completely because he's no longer Anakin, so he's no longer Skywalker. I don't know. There's there's probably better uh, Star Wars scholars out there that could argue this uh, in in depth uh, better than I. So I, I won't try and get into it. But please, if you can, explain it to us. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'd love to to hear what other people would have to say about it. Why, uh, it, especially the whole you know, if you can defend or uh, you know uh, be on the side of the fact that. Vader isn't Anakin like they're not the same person like I mean obviously they're the same person but they're not the same person like kind of like Batman and uh, young Bruce Wayne you know pre his parents dying aren't the same person okay I can see that that makes a little bit more sense okay fair enough Uh, the one story that I found interesting uh, was that Kim Dickens the actress who plays uh, Madison on uh, Fear the Walking Dead was interviewed uh, earlier this week and was was they basically they were talking about her role in Deadwood. Have you ever watched Deadwood? Daniel? I'm here. Did, have you ever watched Deadwood, Deadwood before? No, I've never seen Deadwood. Okay. Well, that's a show you should definitely get a chance to watch because I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. 
But when they were they were asking her about uh, like there's been a lot of rumors about Deadwood coming back for a fourth season that they never got the first time around. So they were asking her about her reprising her role in that, and of course she said she'd love to. While they were asking her about that, they also asked her about uh, whether or not if they did a spinoff show from Sons of Anarchy about the Mayans Motor Club, um, Ooh. if she would be involved in that as well because she had a re- reoccurring character in Sons of Anarchy. And she, once again, you know, as a good actress, you know, any good actor would say, um, yeah, she would love to to do it if it was the right it was the right role for her if it was right for her again. And she and everybody usually that works with uh, Kurt Sutter has expressed how much they enjoyed working on his projects. So I wonder with the the idea of you know both of these shows having uh, you know the rumor mill of them coming back or having a spinoff if what if that means anything for her character in Fear the Walking Dead. Can you see Madison kicking the bucket? Anytime soon, Daniel? God, I hope not. She's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, uh, it would be uh, terrible for Madison to leave. Um, I, I guess I kind of see her as the Rick of that group right now. She does what she needs to do to keep the people that she cares about safe. Yeah, and yeah, she'll make those hard decisions, you know, for the rest of the group. And it's going to be a shame if they do kill her off. Yeah, that's how I felt too. Um, but you know, in true fear or true Walking Dead fashion, you know, that's definitely that's something that's something that could happen. Right, because no one is safe. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I had to talk about for for those for for news. I think it's. I think it was kind of uh, slow just because of the holiday. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Okay, so then let's uh, go ahead and get right into Gotham. Uh, This episode was dealing with the aftermath of um, Barnes being incarcerated and uh, Lee and uh, Mario Falcone getting married. Yeah, and basically trying to figure out whether, um, you know, Gordon was looking out for for Lee because, you know, he's jealous or, you know, because he truly cares about her and what will happen to her in her future. Right. And, you know, there's <laughs> there's already that added tension between Mario and, and Gordon. And now you throw in this part that he's, you know, I mean, honestly, he... He truly does want to protect the two of them because, uh, you know, it's his job. But he does care for Lee also. But I, I don't think that he's intentionally trying to break them up or anything. Do you? No, I don't think so. Not at all. No. So the episode starts off with uh, uh, the Lee and Mario and Carmine having dinner at a fancy Italian restaurant, and they're talking about that's where the uh, rehearsal dinner is going to happen. And when they finish their dinner, someone goes and starts uh, Carmine's car for him and to pull it around, and when he does, it blows up. Now, I thought it was interesting is that when Gordon gets there, he he's talking to Bullock, and he asks, he asks if Lee's okay, and he says, yeah, Lee's just fine. She's over there. And then she goes, is anybody else, is everybody else okay? He goes, yeah, everybody else kind of just, you know, 
a little bit uh, shocked and, you know, there's a little bit of uh, sound damage, but everybody's okay. And I have to be like, well, except for the boy who went and started the car, right? He's dead. <laughs> and you kind of just yeah. blew over that completely. Nobody's going to care about him. <laughs> He's just some random busboy uh, valet. It's okay. He can die. It's Gotham. It happens every day. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the risk you run living in, in Gotham. So, uh, yeah. you just I mean, when you have a uh, Costco uh, bad guy store where you can just go pick up bombs on aisle seven you gotta know that you're gonna just die every once in a while yeah i still don't know why people choose to live there (laughs) uh i'm gonna say that the health insurance there must be really good (laughs) oh god probably (laughs) so uh yeah when at first everybody thinks that maybe someone is trying to gun for carmine but they he, Gordon later figures out that it's uh, uh, Mario that they're actually trying to kill, and it's the the Court of Owls that's trying to trying to kill him. And at one point, when someone is trying to shoot at him uh, when he's picking up the rings for the wedding, uh, he starts to go a little crazy, and he's holding one of the guys up, and the guy says, "You know why you need to, uh, or why we're trying to kill you." And uh, we don't really get to get a why, but you kind of get the idea of what's happening to him. And then later on, you find out, yeah, he's full blown, just like Barnes. He got some of Alice's blood in him. Yeah, which I'm like, how the hell did that happen? You know? I don't know. So I'm guessing. I, I mean. Once again, I have a prediction. <laughs> I'm thinking that after what happened at the engagement party with between uh, Gordon and Mario, where Mario went and punched uh, uh, Gordon, and it really didn't have too much an effect on him, that he actually went out and sought out uh, Alice's blood to try and make himself tougher because he saw what happened with Barnes, and we're going to see that scene later. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, that could possibly happen. And uh, you're always, you know, right with your goddamn predictions. So I'll give it to you. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I think that one is probably the thinnest uh, prediction that I've ever had. Not that, and, and once again, I throw out a lot of predictions, just, you know, some of them come true. So it's just a numbers game. I don't want, you know, you to, to hate me too much. <laughs> But, you know, you're always not, okay, you're majority of the time you're right. And, you know, I think it's kind of good for for us to be just like, God damn it, that you're right again. <laughs> uh, so I, I, that's what I think that you'll probably find out in the next episode, which I believe is the se- the fall finale episode. So, because uh, we're definitely going to have some repercussions from why Mario is the way that he is. Why do you think that... Uh, the Court of Owls is trying to kill him. Yeah, that didn't make much sense to me either, but, I mean, they, uh, Carmine got them to, you know, lay low for a while, but he just has to do what, you know, what the court says. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's, uh, he, he was able to convince them to back off of killing his son, which, I mean, I think is very interesting, seeing as how he's pretty a pretty powerful crime boss that he is 
afraid of the Court of Owls. Maybe um, the court helped him, you know, uh, jump up his his empire. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I I could see that too. Uh, I just it's it's interesting. Is all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, we also saw more of uh, Bruce and Selena um, and Ivy dealing with uh, the key. Well, I was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, it was it was a really good, you know, good part of the story and and you see Bruce really getting into this whole I need to do the research stuff and he has all these books out and he's trying to match the key to something, but then Selena being her street smarts, it's like, "Look, you can just take the rust off the key and it might have some information for you." And uh, you know, it it did. It had some writing on it. Do you remember you remember what the writing said? No, I thought um, I just saw the owl eyes. Oh, that's what uh, it I didn't was. See it was a, writing. That's right, not writing. I'm sorry. It was. Yeah, you're right. There was a. It was a the shape of an owl, and he knew exactly what that meant. So they go to deal with the 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 guys that were chasing them with the bow and arrow or the crossbows, and uh, you come to find out that they're against the court of owls, and they needed the 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 key to basically get a weapon that will eventually take them down. Right. But at first I was like, eh, I don't know if I trust, you know, this guy from Ukraine. I, I don't know, you know, um, but it turns out, you know, right to the very fight scene with the talent that, yeah, the dude was on the truth and he's a good guy. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying that he's a good guy. I will say that they are against the court of owls, but I did think it was, funny that you know this kid just walks up and goes uh you know i have your key blah 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 you'll do what i say and then the guy just starts pulling out his maps and all of his paperwork and he's like okay this is what's happening here and you know just basically filling in the kid on what everything's going on (laughs) that's maybe he's like he's a little kid he'll probably get killed and won't reveal this information to anybody i guess i I mean i guess that's the best that he could hope for but that was just it was just i just thought it was odd or he gives us a key and after we defeat the court we kill him too yeah that's probably what's gonna or what would happen if the talent hadn't come and killed everybody (laughs) that fighting was badass That, that fighting was pretty good so it was it was pretty awesome to see uh, the 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 talent show up and do that. Uh, really comic booky, but it worked. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny that the talent looks a lot like. Uh, I mean, he, and he he his costume is like Kato from Green Hornet, as as opposed to what Talon looks like in the comic book. I agree, one hundred percent with you on that one. Uh, we also saw a little bit more of, uh, or we we got a. We got Nigma uh, basically going crazy and kidnapping uh, Tabitha and uh, Butch. <laughs> and man, does he come up with some crazy saw-like fucking <laughs> contraption. That's what I always well, thought. He's fucking crazy. I always thought that, you know, you could have a very cool, like, modern-day Riddler movie with the Riddler being, like, Saw and putting people in contraptions and have, having to be riddles and stuff. And Hello? and then, the you know, uh, Batman having to come save people. Yeah. And it, uh, 
Well, I mean, Jarvis touched the exact same thing too, but it, it worked. It worked for the show. Yeah, yeah, it did. So, uh, yeah, he basically is torturing Butch to get Butch to admit that he killed uh, Stella or Isabella. I'm sorry, Isabella. <laughs> right, it's Isabella, not Izzy or Isabel. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, yeah, because he lost his shit too. <laughs> he did. And uh, Butch just keeps denying it until the point when, uh, you know, Nigma puts like a guillotine, a miniaturized guillotine on Tabitha's hand, tells her that either you can push the button that will send in a, a fatal shock to Butch's brain or lose your own hand. And as he was, you know, she's sitting there thinking about whether or not she's going to push the button because Butch has already exclaimed his love to her and said, it's okay that you don't love me back, but you know, just know that I do love you. And, uh, he's like, look, I did it. I killed her. I put a gun to her head and shot her, blah, blah, blah. And that's when Nigma's like, wait, you didn't, she died from a car accident, not from bullets. And he's like, I told you, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and then he, and, and then it was just too late because she lets go of the the button and the guillotine comes down and chops off her hand and oh boy! <laughs> but Barbara, I will say, oh go ahead. I was gonna say, but Barbara then shows up just after the hand gets chopped off to uh, try and take down Nigma because she kind of figured out where Nigma was holding Butch because she knows that uh, it was. She put oh she hadn't put it together at that point, but she found out that uh, Penguin loves Nigma. So yeah, there you go. Oh man, I just want to say fucking what a bombshell that Tabitha dropped too. Like worst fucking timing. <laughs> Everything in that scene was bad fucking timing. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you know well, with with the idea now that. Uh, Bar Barbara knows uh, Penguin's secret. She kind of tells Butch as they're taking Tabitha to the hospital that she's uh, she's going to use this to make it so that they're on top and they'll always stay on top because right now Penguin is the kingpin of crime, I guess, for Gotham. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe uh, this time Barbara and Butch will be you know on top and the penguin will go into hiding. Uh, maybe, well, you know, we haven't seen a uh, fish in a while either. I know, so, but I mean, if she does come back, uh, you, I, I have a feeling she's probably going to stand up for, for penguin and, you know, uh, make it a living hell for Butch and, and Barbara. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I mean, obviously penguin is good at, latching on to whoever is the most powerful in the room and uh being their lackey until the point where it serves him best to usurp them yeah so we'll have to see how that all plays out anything else about this episode you want to talk about no i just uh want to see what the hell's gonna happen with mario next yes we'll have to find out because he was interested in finding because lee said something at dinner about how they can detect what the blood is, where the blood is, or something like that, and the Trying early signs. Maybe have a cure. Yeah, maybe have a cure. So, 
you know, now that we know why he was so interested in that is, is a little bit more important why that conversation was had. Yeah. So, uh, Supergirl. Dude, the cinematography in this movie was amazing. It felt like an action movie all the way through. It did. It it was very uh, action heavy. Also, with the fact that you know you're using the character like Guardian, uh, especially the way that they're using him, and uh, it's it it very much so felt uh, like a, a super action movie. So it was. It was okay. So, what did you think about the the uh, reveal, or not the reveal, but the throwaway line of my cousin used to work with a guy, a vigilante with a lot of gadgets and a lot of mental problems. He's kind of crazy. I squealed only because, like a little girl, only because it was a Batman reference. <laughs> I mean, obviously, anybody who reads comic books knows that that's what that was referencing. Uh, in a way, it kind of confirms that Batman is in this universe, but then also doesn't confirm that Batman is in this universe. I mean, there are a lot of vigilantes that use gadgets in the in the DC uh, universe. So uh, every news, and I, I say news with air quotes, uh, website that uh, you know kind of reported about this, saying that Batman is confirmed for super, in the Supergirl universe is kind of. It's kind of misleading. Okay. I'll, I'll give that to you. Uh, why? I mean, who would you say, you know, just list a couple of people who you think, you know, this could be in the DCU. Uh, I mean, that could be, that could be Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle, uh, the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, obviously not the Jaime Reyes or Dan Garrett one, but he, T- Ted Cord created his own uh, uh, devices. He's a vigilante for, by all intents and purposes. So that that would work for him. Um, man, putting me on the spot, trying to think of some other vigilantes that don't have powers. Uh, gangbusters. Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Uh, yeah, she technically hasn't met Green Arrow yet. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they she it could be Green Arrow. Um, I don't know. Would you consider uh, Steve Trevor doesn't really have any gadgets i don't think so i don't know if you'd use that but uh wouldn't he be dead already steve trevor yeah why i mean world war one i don't know that's just what i'm going off of yeah that's that's just the movie the movie is using steve trevor as world war one he's always been modern times in the comic book oh okay yeah so uh i mean I, I, I'm interested in what they're going to do with that in the movie. I, I can't imagine Chris Pine is only going to be in... Well, I mean, I guess he could be in just one Wonder Woman movie. There's, They've done that a lot with the, the Marvel characters, too, so... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that was a cool little throwaway line. Uh, it was interesting for them to, to put it that way. Uh, however... Monel is still missing, and she, uh, uh, Kara is kind of worried about that. It kind of, it just kind of, I guess, upset me that they only used them for for bait, and that was it. He had really had no other purpose in this episode. Do you think that? Uh, well, it's funny that they threw out the whole uh, lead, 
you know, uh, poisoning that he gets from uh, for being a Daxamite, instead of being, uh, you know, instead of Kryptonite having the, uh, the uh, such a hard effect on him, it's it's lead. It's a little depowered from the comic books because just a little bit of lead really makes it so that he almost dies in the comic books. But uh, this is he actually is shot and he's suffering a lot more than uh, he would if it wasn't lead. Right. And he, I have a feeling, I mean, I just want to say he kind of made a fast recovery too after getting shot in the kneecap. Yeah, it's very true. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah. So he was being held by Cadmus and, uh, at that point, Kara gets captured, uh, as well. Who was it that captured her? Uh, vigilante. Do you, so? Do you do you do think that's vigilante? Wait, what? Oh wait, no, never mind, never mind. Sorry, take that back. It wasn't vigilante that captured her. It was a uh, Hank Hank uh, Hank. God damn it, Hank Henshaw. Right, yeah. the original Hank Henshaw. So at one point, yeah. Monel goes to escape because he was uh, he was able to pull the slip on, on on his guard. I believe I forget. It's, it was so long ago. But uh, he goes to escape, and he runs into what he believes is his Hank Henshaw, uh, so so Martian Manhunter, and he's being uh, dragged in, and at that moment, uh, he kind of gives up so that they don't hurt uh, Jean, and he goes back to his cell. We later find out that that is the original Hank Henshaw, and that he... Uh, is basically our cyborg Superman again. Yeah, and you were right, like always. <laughs> uh, which also leads to, at one point, uh, Alex's dad Jeremiah showing up and helping Alex and or helping um, Kara and Monel get away. Uh. And this is after she fights the cyborg Superman, Hank Kenshaw. And I don't think that that's actually Jeremiah. No, who who do you think it is then? I think it's I think it's cyborg Superman. I think it's uh, Hank Kenshaw, and he was able to disguise his his features or something because one we already saw that they use like this uh, they use the subterfuge to uh, convince Monel that. You know, it was the reg- orig- the other. It was John, and get him to do what they wanted. So, the idea is for them to think that they're getting away with the help of uh, Jeremiah, but real in actuality, they're letting them go because they already got what they wanted from her, or they are going to need her to lead to do something else outside of the facility. Okay. Because I was going to say, that would be pretty stupid then to just let them go after they get what they wanted. Any good villain would just kill them then and there. Well, like, yeah, obviously I think there's, they're going to need they're going to need her to do something later. And it's like either bring someone to the facility, like maybe Alex oh. or Martian Manhunter or something else. Because, you know, now they have a reason to come back and it's to break Jeremiah out. True. However, oh, well, however, the facility uh-huh. isn't there anymore. They went back to the facility, and it's it's it's. That was empty. Yeah, it's empty. Cadmus moved, which is actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it shows how organized they are and how, uh, you know, um, how efficient they how are. How much of a threat. Yeah, and how much of a threat they are. So. Yeah. Wh- I mean, what do you think that they needed to to have her shoot her uh, eye beams into the whatever that device was or whatever it was she was oh. doing? Oh, it was just so uh, she could um, uh, get weak and then they could take her blood. You think that's that's it? That's the, that's the only reason why? I mean, do you think that they're going to give Cyborg Superman laser beams? Uh, I mean, I I think that's one one thing that could happen. I, I just think that they were collect they're definitely collecting her blood and other stuff from her for for something. But uh, do you think they might create a better um, a better uh, Bizarro Supergirl without the moral compass? Maybe. Uh, I mean, we we already had Bizarro Supergirl at one point in this show. They could be repeating it or uh, something else entirely. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm. I mean, I I don't know where, unless they do. Well, this I don't know if it really makes sense, but they could do the whole Young Justice type thing and have a clone, you know, of her right. for later. Intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely what what could be happening there. Um. So the other part was uh, what you said. There was another vigilante character that was uh, terrorizing National City by killing the criminals, and uh, Guardian was taking the blame for it. Basically, in the news, the uh, people that he captured were ending up dead, and. Uh, now he's kind of a wanted man and uh, Maggie was going after him. But Wynn goes and tells Alex, who then goes and tells Maggie. Well, Wynn tells Alex that it's actually James inside the suit. And Alex goes and tells Maggie that, you know, just back off of him. He's not, he's not a bad guy. Uh, which oh. is basically to add the tension to the fact that Alex is in love with Maggie, but Maggie doesn't reciprocate the, the emotions. Yeah, and like I said, it's just for for TV drama purposes. <laughs> yes, just for TV drama purposes. Uh, what uh, what did you th- what did you think of this other vigilante character? I don't know because I, I mean, they have to find a way to you know obviously tie in all the shows for the fourth part episode and just that face mask was so similar to Vigilantes on Arrow, so they might be the same person, or it could be, you know, Vigilante just from, you know, a different universe. Well, yeah. Since... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, the Adrian Chase character that we have on Arrow is one of the Vigilantes in the DC Universe. Uh, we've had, I, I believe, three, maybe four Vigilantes throughout time in the DC Universe, so... I mean, this definitely could be since it's set in a in Supergirl is set in another universe, uh, which I guess CW is is coining Earth S as an Earth Super. Uh, they are, uh, you know, that could be a different vigilante. It could be another one of the characters that have used the name. Uh, but when they revealed right. the guy's name, I don't. I, I remember looking it up and I'm not seeing any uh, connection. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, I, I Googled it as soon as they revealed the name, too. 
and nothing came up for me. And I'm and uh, at this moment, I'm also trying to dig up anything else. But yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you know. I think they just needed somebody to come in and just start killing people, but it didn't really. They didn't want to use any particular uh, character that they already had. Yeah, I know, but it would have just been so fucking cool if it was Adrian Chase <laughs> yeah. and then just have him escape. It, it would be pretty cool. I would have, I would have enjoyed it. It would have thrown a lot more uh, intrigue into the whole uh, different universes that they have. Yeah. Um, I guess um, since the crossover, you know, is coming up, I guess we'll find out soon enough how they're going to cross all of that over. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's That's awesome. Uh, we Me have, too. we have, uh, at the very end of the episode, we have Monel asking Wynn and James if she is, uh, ho- if Supergirl is hooked to anybody, basically, uh, you know, asking if she's betrothed or if she's with anybody and of the, of all the people that she could, he could have asked in that room, he, they asked the two guys that were at one point in love with her, which was hilarious. <laughs> So is I mean it obviously seems like Wynn has definitely dropped his feelings for her already. Uh James at the beginning of the season still had feelings of her but the the fact that they couldn't get over the awkwardness uh made it so that they put a halt on it. And now Monel, so I don't mean I don't know if that's a a love rectangle or <laughs> or what, but uh I don't know why they had to throw all that in there. I don't know either. And then the very, very last after credit scene was basically uh, fucking ha- a cyborg Superman going to the Fortress of Solitude and basically saying, tell me everything you know about Project Medusa. Right, and that's why he needed uh, Supergirl's blood to ha- gain access to the Fortress of Solitude. What? <sighs> I mean, I found kind of lame, but I'll give it to the to the show. Yeah, I found that pretty lame too. I didn't. I thought that was uh, uh was pretty horrible. But I mean, it kind of pulls from the Batman v Superman movie, and I think that's why they did it. Because even though these movies don't exist in the, or these, uh, you know, they don't exist in the same universe, they love they love things to mirror each other. So it's still uh, there. It's still in existence. Right. Uh, oh, forgot to mention the whole uh, White Martian part of the storyline. So uh, Jean is kind of having visions of his family, and he figures that out that that's because he has White Martian blood flowing through his veins. And he gets very upset at Magan and throws her into a cell after he threatens to kill her. And then he's like, you know, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to watch you suffer day by day. Yeah. So uh, she admits that in the story that he told, she told them before that she was the, the the white Martian that broke rank and helped out green Martians. But he doesn't believe her. He just thinks that she's there to try and uh, do mass genocide like they did on Mars. And uh, he he just really, really hates her. So that's all we really know about all that. And he slowly starts morphing into white alien. That's right. Just white Martian. White Martian. Uh, 
Anything else about? Bless you. Thank you about Supergirl. Uh, no, that's it. Okay, uh, we'll move over to Flash then. Which uh, I, as much as I love Kevin Smith, and I thought the direction of the episode was good, I did not like the episode. He didn't. He didn't write it. He just directed, right? Right, right. He, I, I, yeah. I'm. He just. He just directed the episode. He didn't write it. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't fault him completely. I thought, like I said, I thought the direction of the episode was good, but just the content was very meh. This episode was ju- the dialogue was just really, really cheesy. <laughs> so, I mean, we have Caitlin basically going full on killer frost for most of the episode she really wants to get rid of her powers so she has it in her eye her 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 mind that if she can find alchemy alchemy can go ahead and uh uh get rid of her powers because he also gives people powers uh give and take right and she goes around basically trying to find followers of alchemy who in himself is a follower of Savitar, and uh, she threatens to kill the, uh, Alchemy's disciples, and you know at some points almost does, uh, to the point that uh, uh, they they can't really help her. But they one disciple kind of tells her that yeah, he can't take her powers away. Yeah. And goddamn, she was so close to killing Alchemy because fuck you, you were right again. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm kind of upset that I was right because for it, the, the fact that Julian is Alchemy is just like that's terrible because he's it's too obvious, you know. Yeah, I couldn't believe. And, uh, I mean, shit. Uh, I. I I don't even know why, you know, he was freaking out when Savitar was talking to him at the end of the episode. You know, I don't know. He's like, no, stay away. Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he is a disciple of Savitar, then why would he be upset about it? But uh, so let's talk about Savitar for a little bit. The beginning of the episode starts with him having Barry in his in his hand and he tells him that he's the god of speed. He says he's your god. I'm your god. So at that point, he starts traveling at at incredible speeds and taking Barry to another place and no one else can see him except for Barry now uh at one point uh vibe basically helps out or helps Caitlin get to where he's at because he opens a portal that allows him to port over to where uh Barry is and uh, they don't see what it is that's attacking Barry, but Caitlin uses her powers to freeze him, and that's basically why she becomes even more Killer Frost because she finally used up a lot of her, used a lot of her powers, and it it freezes him. So he has he he has form like they can see where he is, but uh, at that point he runs away. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; it was pretty awesome seeing you know uh, Barry get the shit beat out of him senseless. Even when he thought that he was gonna start doing well, like he's like, "Oh, you want to do this?" and let's start doing this. And then he goes, he goes to run, and he goes to do something, and then bam, Savitar just fucks his shit up. 
It was basically watching Loki get beat up by the Hulk all over again. <laughs> so some interesting things I think that uh, you have to note in this episode, or at least in this beginning part, when dealing with Savitar. He says that he's the, he's the new god. He's the god of motion. He's the god of speed. But when Cisco was talking about how uh, Barry is moving so fast because they can track Barry's suit, he says it's not like it's not like when Barry runs. It's so fast it's almost like he's just appearing in places. So to me, that doesn't sound like speed. It sounds like he's teleporting. Also. Okay, go. You cut out. So can you repeat that? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, when Cisco says that you know Barry is traveling through the city and that Savitar has him, uh, he says that he's moving so fast that it's almost like he's just appearing in places. It's not that he can't he can't really track him as like like he's running. So uh, it, to me, that sounds more like he's teleporting, not that he's running fast. That's what it looked like on the map too. Okay. So we also know from a couple episodes ago that there is a technology on HR's world that allows you to uh, change what your face looks like, right? Right. Okay. Now, when he changes what his face looks like and everybody's looking at him, he's like, well, oh, here, let me do this so that you guys can see me, but no one else out of this room can see. And he does that flashy thing. And even mm-hmm. Cisco makes a uh, Men in Black reference at that point. So right. when you take into account that when Savitar first appeared in the room that Barry was in when he was about to fight Alchemy, a whole bunch of flashes go off. So you, I, I would say that maybe that same technology is being used and that's why no one else but Barry could see him. I mean that that would make a lot of sense, but sh- I mean, I see it more as an entity, or and even then, uh, I raise a question: is like if he's a god of speed or the speed god in motion, wouldn't technically he be part, be you know, be the leave uh, the living form of the speed force? Yes, exactly, and that's what they want us. To, that that's what he we, he wants us to believe as the bad guy. He wants us to believe that he is a god and that he has all these powers and that he's the living form of the Speed Force. But if you're using all this technology to, uh, like, basically give yourself powers that 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 aren't exactly the powers that you're portraying, then mm-hmm. it's 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 something else entirely. It's like it's like an episode of Scooby Doo. It's you know these. It's a ghost that's not really a ghost. It's actually uh, old man Johnson from the amusement park just playing tricks or pranks to make it seem like he's a ghost. Gotcha. <laughs> so this could be Zoom all over again. This could be Zoom all over again. Like I don't know if this guy actually has super speed, but he definitely has some type of porting power. I think. Maybe maybe Mirror Master. You know, that's a very big possibility. It could be something like Mirror Master. It could be like, it could be something like all the rogues put together, you know? That'd be badass. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll have, I, I mean, we'll have, I have to see how that plays out with Savitar. I think, uh, one, why would he be a, you know, someone that, like, Alchemy would want to follow? Where did Alchemy get his Philosopher's Stone from, which changes people? 
and uh, talking about changing people, we saw uh, young Wally West get put into a chrysalis, uh, basically, a, some type of a cocoon, where he is supposedly his powers are going to start to manifest. Now, why did we not see crystalluses for anybody else, like Magenta or uh, Rival or anybody you know like that? We don't know because Joe went and cut Wally out of his crystallis early than he was supposed to. Uh, even Caitlin explained to him that he needs to be in there forever, how long he needs to be in there for him to uh, be a full person because he's, his cells are literally breaking down and reforming. And because he uh, moves faster, or he cuts him out sooner than he's supposed to, Wally is moving quickly, but his brain isn't thinking quickly. So... And that's kind of the second part to being a speedster. You have to, ha- you, your brain has to be able to think as fast as you can act for the power to work properly. At least that's how they portray it in the comic book all the time. And yeah. really, so then Wally then ends up going back to his old house and just kind of standing outside until uh, they hit him with a a shot that that basically focuses his brain. Yeah. He was just, his face was just uh, morphing the whole time, basically, too. Right, exactly. So, but now we have a uh, Wally that has super speed. What do you think of he Kid He finally got what he wanted. He finally got to be, he finally gets to be Kid Flash. And he was running around inside the the speed track at the lab. And uh, was it Cisco, I think, who said that he's much faster than Barry was at that point in his life? Or hit that point? Yeah. Yep. So very interesting. Maybe you'll have uh, a... Since they did a little relationship thing with uh, Jesse Quick, maybe they'll do a spinoff show with Wally and Jesse on Earth, too. Ooh, that could be interesting. I mean, I mean, he can travel between the universes now, so I think that, that might actually happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh... What did you and finally? What did you think about Cisco and uh, Caitlin's fight? Oh, that was badass! I mean, it sucks that it was so short, but it's so cool just seeing them throw their powers at each other. <laughs> and then when uh, Caitlin—I mean, no, I know this was two different times—but when Caitlin made that nice ice knife and like stabbed it right into Perry's knee, she's like, "That's going to take at least five hours to heal." So, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, it was so cool. Uh, I, I like it when uh, you know, uh, you know, intelligent people have powers so they can use it to their advantage. Yeah, and she and uh, she moved quickly too when she basically uh, froze Barry when she gave him that kiss. She was you know constantly thinking. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we know that Caitlin and her intelligence is still in there, even when she becomes Killer Frost, which is scary. And even to the yeah. point when she was try, trying to get underneath Barry's skin and saying, oh, you know, all kinds of things like or even exposing the fact that it was him. It's because of him that Cisco's brother's dead. So, but I thought, but I thought that we already covered that, like in the second episode when he's like, "I created Flashpoint. I went back in time to save my mother," and then Cisco's like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's okay for you to save your mom." But, you know, the times that I ask you to save my brother, you won't do that for me. Yeah, but see, that, thought... that's only because – but to Barry, uh, before Flashpoint, Cisco's brother Dante was always alive. So It's true. That's, what, that's how she's putting it. She's putting it from Barry's perspective that 
uh, only once he changed Flashpoint and came back did Dante has Dante been dead. So Cisco didn't know that. All he knew is that he's forever since Dante died. He's been asking uh, Barry to go back and change that, and he went back to change his mother's death, but not his his brother's death. So to him, that was the selfish thing. Now he knows that his brother never even died in the previous timeline. So it's even worse. Right. Cause not, and, not, oh, only man, is, not only is oh, Barry is not only is Barry not saving his brother. He also caused his brother to die. That's true too, man. It, season one and two was Joe, you know, always pulling the heartstrings and now it's Cisco and it kind of sucks. <laughs> ah, I'm right there with you. And I think that's a lot of reason why this episode sucked for me because like I get it, you we we want our characters to have more than just one dimension, and and definitely be the you know letting Cisco have his his drama and his uh, his character arc is good, but I like fun Cisco. I like him to to uh, to joke around and and stuff like that. But we have HR for that. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else about this episode? Uh no. No, I think uh I think Oh we're... wait, 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 wait. Okay. Fuck you, Julian, for making Barry quit at the goddamn precinct. I you know what? I missed all of that what you just said. Go ahead and repeat it. I said fuck you, Julian, for making Barry quit at the precinct. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that he could keep the Caitlin secret. Uh he made him quit uh being a forensic scientist. Not that he was really very good at that anyways. Yeah. Oh wait, maybe that's just me and my bitterness because they keep making Barry dumber. <laughs> you you should go fly. I will support whatever episodes of the Flash you write. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Thank you. Uh, no, you just gotta you know stick in that that love triangle in there somewhere. What do you think Barry's gonna do for job now though? Um, uh, maybe full time meta hunting. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe, I mean, I don't understand. Does, is someone still paying for Star Labs to be open and stuff for happening? I mean, I know H.G. Well or H.G. or, I'm sorry, Har- Harrison Wells left all that stuff to Barry, but, like, what's keeping the place going? Like, is are they still doing stuff there or what? I have no idea. Exactly. So... Uh, I mean, if they can sustain all of that and still like like Cisco and Caitlin still get a paycheck, then I imagine Barry can get a paycheck from there somehow. Yeah, I <laughs> wouldn't see why not. All right, fair enough. I've solved it. We don't we don't need Barry to go looking for a job or working at uh, uh, the coffee shop like Iris used to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then let's go ahead and move on to uh, The Walking Dead. Holy crap. I uh, just want to say Simon is just as charismatic as fucking Negan. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious that, you know, I mean, I have no reference of what Simon did before Negan came along, but he's very much the same as Negan. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's trying to act like Negan so that uh or at least that's like how all the alpha alpha males that are underneath negan act or whatever but man was he pulling off a a negan impression he really was (laughs) and that was a good job to 
uh, to the actor uh, Stephen Ogg for you know, Bay. I, I just want to say it was you know doing multiple personalities uh, from or showing his acting chops actually from being able to voice for a character, being a creep on Westworld, and then you know being <sighs> a charismatic asshole on this show. So I have to ask, did did he sneak in? Did they sneak in any lines that he like? Like I think one of his bigger things is, is Grand Theft Auto, right? Right. Did they sneak in any of his character lines from Grand Theft Auto into this? I'm trying to think. It's been a while. I, that game, I just basically bought it, beat it, and kind of uh, traded it in. So I can't really think at the moment, but I will look that up. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I just thought, you know, they that's something that they might do. It might be interesting, but... Uh, yeah, he was very charismatic and very much stole the episode for me. Uh, I mean, this episode was definitely supposed to focus a lot on uh, Maggie and how what her new place in this world is now that, one, she's pregnant and Glenless and, uh, you know, basically having to stay up at Hilltop because that's where the doctor is and she needs to be near the doctor. We did learn that the, do- the baby is okay. He just separated from the placenta a little bit or the placenta separated from the uterus a little bit, but uh, everything's fine. And uh, they, or Rosita went and buried both Glenn and Abraham there at Hilltop, and that very much pissed Gregory off because they don't bury their dead there; they burn them. They burn them. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Greg is kind of much of an asshole, you know. Well, I don't think that he. I mean, he's he's not an asshole, and I think Maggie says it best in the episode. She says. That he's a coward, which is a lot more dangerous. That's true, because he... I mean, he's always looking out for numero uno, and he fucking almost sells out the girls. Uh, I mean, technically, he did sell them out. They just happened to not be there, <laughs> which was... That's true. You know, thankful for Jesus, because he went and put them in a different closet, and he even says, he goes, I told you to put them in the closet. He said you put them in a closet. You didn't say you put them in the hallway closet. <laughs> That's true, too. So he ended up having to give away his scotch, which was funny because uh, Simon says, you know, I'm not much of a scotch man myself, but Negan's going to like this, so I'm going to just tell him that I got it for him, if that's okay with you. And you know it's not (laughs) a real question, because it's like, yeah, it has to be okay, because otherwise we're going to kill you. Yep. And And then he's like, okay, put that bottle back. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I asked. And, you know, it tells him to put the bottle he on the He just put that bottle again. back. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty funny. And then they took away his painting, the painting that he was so very much proud of uh, in earlier seasons when he's talking to, or last season when he was talking to Rick about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he, he took that away. They took a lot of stuff away. Yeah, they did half of their shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus, I want to say. Oh God, I was just, I was just gonna say, Jesus is very much sees himself as like the town's protector. Like it's he's is Greg. If Gregory is the 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 mayor of Hilltop, then Jesus, I think, kind of sees himself as as the sheriff. Maybe I don't know if sheriff is a good word because he likes going out on 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 scavenge hunts and you know. Uh, helping people when he can or whatever, but 
he doesn't see himself as the leader, and that's why he lets Gregory get away get away with what he can't what he does. But at right. the end of the episode, he very much vocalizes that he thinks it's time for a change in regime at Hilltop. And when they ask if it's him, he says no. He implies that he thinks Maggie should take over Hilltop. Which uh, happens in the comics, from what my buddy told me. She runs it for a while. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, the way that they were grooming her for last season is that she's going to run Alexandria. So, if they come out of this, uh, you know, ahead uh, between uh, against the Saviors, then she would be running two cities, I would assume, or you know, maybe everybody would come to the Hilltop, or everybody would go to Alexandria. Right, um, but I mean, say it doesn't work out too well for them, then it's just going to suck because you know Negan is going to be incredibly pissed when he finds out that Maggie's still alive. Well, yeah, lying to Negan is not a good thing, not a, a healthy choice. So, uh, if he find out that Maggie's alive, it's not going to be good for Maggie or uh, Rick. But I think it's uh, something that they had to do at the time to, uh, you know, make sure that uh, Maggie stayed alive. Right. Um. And I, we saw some pretty crazy stunts this episode. We saw some parkour and some crazy zombie killing. True. Now, that whole thing that Simon did with the Saviors, where they like made sure everybody was locked in their, their, uh, their buildings and then uh, put a car into... A, a flaming car into the courtyard and then, dra- and then basically... Uh, got all the walkers to walk in and terrorize the place. What did you think of that? I actually thought it was Gregory who got the Hilltop people to do that just to Maggie and uh, Sasha, but, uh, you know, it seemed like obviously the rest of them were all stuck in their places too. I thought, you know, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, why the hell is Gregory doing this, you know? But then I was like, wow, that's actually a pretty good uh, scare tactic, even though, you know, Simon did say, oh, you know, good job. We were going to do it for you, but, you know, you pulled through. Good job. You guys actually know how to, you know, actually know how to fight. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're in the extortion business. Uh, the whole idea that the mob goes around and says, if you don't pay us, then we don't protect you. And if we don't protect you, then we destroy your shit. So it's really you're paying them so then for them not to destroy your shit. But now in this case, they're, you're protecting – you're paying them – with your stuff and the idea is they don't kill you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Uh, Maggie basically takes it upon herself, even though she's supposed to be getting rest to crush the car with a tractor. Which was, uh, I don't know, quite stupid, but again, in that situation when you're fighting for your life, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. No one else had the idea, and she obviously, and no one else could get into the car because they had welded shut the, the whole thing. I also have to say this. I was kind of disappointed that the song that was playing was not Easy Street. I really wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I would just been like, oh, God, why? Why this again? Because it's the best song ever. Shh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the other part of the, the episode was really uh, Carl and Enid kind of 
having their teenage love fest. Enid really wants to go to Hilltop where uh, Maggie is, and Carl's supposed to be staying behind to protect the people and protect Judith. And uh, Carl was supposed to, or, or I'm sorry, Rick went off with Aaron to go on the scavenging hunt. And uh, Carl w- goes ahead and decides to take off in a car. And even though he's half blind, has no depth perception, is driving a car. And we see at the beginning of the episode, he's trying to work on his his uh, eyesight by throwing mm-hmm. darts, but he's missing the dartboard completely. God, I, I found that hilarious, and then I immediately felt bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, when he later on drives into a walker, but then ends up driving into a pole as well, uh, I have to say, yeah, probably getting in a car with him is not the best idea. Nope. And they go the rest of the way on foot. Until they find roller skates, which just happen to be on the side of the road. How convenient. How convenient for them to have a, a nice teenage love romp through the street on roller skates. But, I mean, definitely um, what Carl did there, he used, you know, uh, Glenn's methods, basically, you know, uh, I forgot his line, but, you know, when you see something lying there, you should at least go through it. You never know what you'll find. Oh, are you saying uh, there's nothing in this world that isn't hidden? Yes, correct. Okay, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's that's definitely a Glen line. So I thought it was interesting when they got to Hilltop that uh, Enid says that they won't see her. And she literally sneaks past them, past the saviors that are still loading shit up into their trucks and gets in there to talk to Maggie, to be with Maggie. Pretty, yeah. I... But, I mean, we've seen that just how sneaky she really can be and get passed through a lot of people or walkers. Yeah, I mean, she obviously has been very sneaky, but I think that was... That Bless was, you. Thank you. That was pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. She, uh, I think, I mean, I don't believe this, but I there is the theory out there that she is a savior and, you know, that could lead that could like uh lend to that that theory what do you think i mean it would make sense but but why why betray them you know well i mean who would she be betraying she's she would be she was a savior before she was with the the gang at at alexandria i know she would be betraying um i feel like she'd be uh betraying carl's group and that just sucks well, yeah, but I mean, she already had a job. If she, if this is true, she had already had a job from the saviors to do. Now, I can't. You can't say that she isn't leaning towards Carl's group now, and maybe thinking about betraying the saviors. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, but, now now that Maggie really is going to need her, and then they they Maggie and Glenn kind of took her in. Yeah, that's that's true too. I, I guess I didn't see it that way. So I hope she betrays the saviors. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope so. If that's true. If that's what what's happening here. Uh, yeah. One of the saviors, though, I, do, I did want to talk... Oh, no, we talked about that last week. Uh, just uh, the idea that... 
Jesus is going to – well, Maggie pr- pretty much puts Jesus on a, on a mission. Says, hey, let's find out where they're taking this stuff to. And he does his ninja stuff and gets into the back of a truck. Now, that savior truck doesn't have a door, apparently. It just has the, the plastic, like, uh, things hanging from it. Uh, I, did you find that odd? I found that odd. It just took me out of the episode for some reason. Yeah, I found that odd, too. I was like, okay, so if you drive over, you know, X amount of miles, that's just going to fall you know, fly out. out the back. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, but it's used to his advantage. He sneaks into the truck, and when he's in the truck, who does he find? Carl. Carl. One-eyed Carl happened to sneak past the saviors as well and get into their food truck uh, and hide back there. Yep. So I thought that was funny, and I, I think Jesus found that funny, too, because he, you know, cracks a smile. Yep. I laughed when I saw that, actually. <laughs> uh, I did think it was funny earlier, too, when Jesus gives uh, some clothes to Maggie. He says, uh, here's some clothes. Uh, they might not be too comfortable, but they're they're used more for functionality than comfort. And to me, that just seemed odd. Like, why is there clothing that's used more for functionality than comfort? But, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense, too. Uh, because he loves it, he does all the parkouring and running around and ninja moves. And man, did he do a cool jump off the side of the truck and karate kick that dude in the face? That Which zombie was in the fucking face. awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, any else thing? Anything else about this episode? Uh, basically, I just said when uh, when Simon was like, oh, "Okay, you kneel for me," and he finally kneels. I was like, "Kneel before Zod." <laughs> That's what you, you that came to mind when when he kneeled before Simon. Yeah, I mean, I get it because Simon wants to be like Negan, and he makes Negan apparently makes everybody at the sanctuary kneel when he walks through the the hallways. So uh, it's kind of the same thing that he's doing there. Yep. How long? Um, do you, how long do you think before uh, Gregory is out? I have a feeling they probably won't kill him before before the mid season finale. So maybe two episodes after the mid season finale, he'll he'll bite the bullet. Well, I I didn't actually think that he was going to die. I just meant like, when do you think that they'll oh. they'll make him not the mayor anymore and put Maggie in charge? Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, shit, maybe. Uh, Ooh, maybe a month or two. Maybe after her and uh, Sasha actually make a name for themselves in the community. Okay. And I'm like, all right, you know, she can take care of herself. And she's doing a really good job contributing to the community. We can put her in charge. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think once maybe the baby's born, maybe once they de- they dealt with Negan or something like that, it could, it could be Maggie's the ones in charge. Uh, okay, anything else you wanted to bring up? No, that's it. All right. Uh, I think that's all that we need to talk about this week. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel's also on Twitter as Daniel Von Helvet. You can on also, Twitter. you can get a hold of uh, Geek Elite Radio at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. Uh, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Be part of the conversation and you know, tell us your theories. But then go over to our website, Geek Elite Radio dot com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts in the geekly radio network 
But until next time, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programs.